Welcome to Wallowing in the Shallows, the podcast that skirts the perilous drop-off of a deep dive into television and movies. We are academic nerds aspiring to become TV and movie geeks. There are no spoiler guards in the shallows, so listen at your own risk. This week, join us for a wallow in a Good Omens Season 1 rewatch. Hey, hello, peeps. Welcome to Wallowing in the Shallows. This is Tori. And Rebecca. And today we are talking about Good Omens Season 1, Episode 5, The Doomsday Option. Such an amazing episode. Mm-hmm. Such an amazing show. Yeah, it is. And as we have said several times in this podcast, yet another good example that there is a queen song for every situation. Love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. <laughs> You're my best friend. What a way to start. So good. Such And such a good song. Oh, queen. Mm-hmm. Classic. Mm-hmm. Well, here is the summary from IMDb for this episode. A nice little quick synopsis. Xerophel and Crowley race towards Tadfield Air Base as they attempt to prevent Adam and the Four Horsemen from beginning the apocalypse. But one has been discorporated and the other is trapped in a flaming motorway. Will they get there in time? (laughs) Time will tell. (laughs) Time will tell. (laughs) Boy, those IMDb synopses are really short. (laughs) So succinct. Yes. Yes. But we elaborate as we work through the episode. (laughs) Yes, we do. We do. All right. So this one opens with uh, Crawley. Crazy driver. Yep. Crazy driver. I'm kind of with the Xerophel on this one. Yes. (laughs) He's a wild driver. No doubt about it. And mm-hmm. later, he's literally hell on wheels, but we're not there yet. <laughs> oh, I'm bummed that that didn't pop into my head when I was watching the episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've definitely said something about, is it Ghost Rider? Who has, who's oh, it definitely got Ghost Vibes, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that as well. Absolutely. So just again, I know we'll do the deep dive on the intro next episode, but the burning bookshop is with Crawley's car in front of it is in the intro. Nice. I and still need Crawley. to do, I have, do I, your deep I've, dive. I've done my deep look at it, but I yeah, I missed that for some reason. But we'll, we can talk about that in our next episode. We shall. We shall. Crawley just feels things so deep he does i just it's so adorable somebody killed my best friend yeah you just she just shouts it out mm-hmm. and Aww. he's got nutter's book yes manages to to save that and then we're at tadfield yes. where it actually is a dark and stormy night <laughs> oh my gosh adam really feels like he's starting to embrace the evil mm-hmm and I liked how, you know, as he's talking and telling them that they can fix the world, even if they're not friends anymore, that the scene's really kind of fading to black and white, except for red, right? You see his red eyes. He's got red boots. I think there's some red in his like throne that's in the background. Right. I thought that was a nice little touch. 
But I do have to admit to a little bit of stupidity here when he's like, my friends are coming. And I'm like, who are his friends? (laughs) 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 And then later I'm like, oh, Tori, that was really ridiculously stupid. (laughs) It's horseman buddies will soon arrive. Oy. Okay. Okay. So do you have anything else before the intro? Nope. Okay, so here is where, as we return after the intro, here's where I saw the A period, Z period, Fell and Co. bookshop. Oh, okay. On the, uh, right above the doorway. And remember when he said he was Mr. Fell in that, in the Nazi scene. So that's where I saw that. uh, Okay. That little piece. Got it. Got it. And Crawley's got a whole glove box full of those glasses. <laughs> that was funny. That whole conversation he had with himself. I don't think we mentioned it about littering. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> he just like drops his glasses and then pulls out one, which must be at least a dozen in the glove box. Yes. <laughs> yes. Too, too good. Oh, those are my. I'm like, wait a minute. My notes look weird, but those are my opening credit notes. So let me turn the page. Here we go. Okay. I am now to the appropriate place. Yes. Oh my gosh. I've got so much to say about those credits, but we shall again wait until the final episode. (laughs) Okay. What do I have next? Oh, Shadwell and Lucy taking care of him. Who? Do you have anything before that? About is, is her name? Is her name Lucy? Who's the Madam Tracy? Babylon? Madam Tracy. Tracy, Tracy like, not Lucy. Right, my bad. Right. But I think you know when I first saw Shadwell out on the street, I was like, "Is that dude having a heart attack?" Oh yeah. And then of course I just realized as he's talking to Madam Tracy that he's really just kind of overcome because he really does think that he banished. Aziraphale because he thought Aziraphale was a demon (laughs) he believes that he is indeed the doomsday option yes with his finger Mm -hmm. (laughs) Shadwell Michael McKeon does such a great job with that I mean his Scottish accent to me sounds good but I wonder how Scottish people think his accent is well and I wouldn't be surprised if it's over the top if it's caricature right for effect you know right. so i don't know i don't know quite how authentic it is but you sure know what he's going for and it comes off a bit humorous <laughs> <laughs> okay a lot humorous a lot humorous yes and madam tracy's bedroom holy cow i don't even think i had that many stuffed animals when i was a child oh my gosh certainly they weren't all on my bed <laughs> i may have had that many stuffed animals but they were in various places I really don't think I had that many. That was a lot. I mean, there was like a pig, a sheep, creepy mm-hmm. doll, rabbits, unicorn, penguin. Yes. All different sorts of animals. And I love when he's laying there on the bed, right? And she pulls, she's got like pink cat and nine tails underneath yeah. her pillows and he pulls it out. Pink. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that was funny. perfect. So funny. But uh, yes, I didn't have a whole lot about that. So shall we move on to what I'm referring to as the kilted army up in heaven here? Did you notice that all those people like are wearing kilts? All those angels or whatever who are 
passing over the uniforms. Did they have kilts on? I think so. I they weren't it... the typical color of kilts. They were uh-huh. kind of that beige-ish. Uh-huh. But I really thought they looked like kilts. Huh. I might have to have that confirmed, but I thought it looked like that a little bit. Well, it does make me want to pull it up really quick and see, because I don't remember <laughs> them wearing kilts. I was thinking, and maybe I'm thinking about this wrong, but didn't they have, it looked like they had like the space helmets sitting on top. Maybe we need to pull this up. They definitely had helmets on top of their little parcel of stuff. Yeah. But that line, I'm saying the line of people there, right, I right. thought were wearing kilts while they were standing there. Yeah, that I don't recall the kilt. I just remember the helmet because I was thinking it looked like the space helmet. Are you looking it up? Were you bringing it up? I wasn't sure if you were. Ooh, I can. Let's see. Prime video. Oh, they are wearing kilts. Are they? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, I won't bring mine up. If you've you've confirmed it, you've confirmed it. How interesting. I did not catch that. But they are wearing kilts and they are in that kind of beigey cream color. The Heavenly Army is a kilted army. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, and our poor Aziraphale has discorporated. Yeah. And he's not happy to be up in heaven. No, nope. He's not. He wasn't prepared. Mm-hmm. But he's but we standing did out that he's master. a part of the principality. We talked about that last week. Right. With the hierarchy of angels. Yes. So it's the lowest order, but it's at the top of the lowest order. Okay. It's above okay. archangels. Oh, wow. Wow. He sure gets a lot of a lot of grief for being above the archangels. He sure does. I wonder if that's why he actually had a platoon. Oh, I bet you're right. And didn't the quartermaster remind you of... The very model of a modern major general. Oh my gosh. I now that you say it, yes, it did <laughs> not come to my mind, but that's amazing. That beard was uh, yeah, insane. That, yes, yes. It also reminded me of the granddad in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I haven't I don't that's not jumping to my head. I can't picture that. Well, he looks like the quartermaster, which is older. Okay. Just an older version. And I, and I think it really is the that beard thing. Yes. I think that was a very kind of late 19th century Boer War kind of look in the in the British army. Boer War Boer War sounds really right. Yeah. But I was like, why am I getting Pirates of Penzance from this? And then I'm like, oh, he's <laughs> The very model of a modern major general. He reminded me a bit of Gary Oldman, but Gary mm-hmm. Oldman's face can look all sorts of ways. So yes. that's not saying a lot yes. because of how good Gary Oldman is at looking different. Uh, he, in Gary fact, pay, played Truman in Oppenheimer. Oh, did he? Very brief cameo type role. Wow. Yeah, I love yeah. Gary Oldman. Oh, fantastic. The best okay. thing about that Dracula movie. Oh my gosh. hundred percent. Okay. I'm back. <laughs> okay. So Aziraphale says, uh, I love, I love that kind of teleportation earth device that he's yeah. just able to go and touch and pop in where he wants to. Yes. 
I started as he popped into Earth. I was like, Aziraphale, Aziraphale. <laughs> nice, falling just, right back down. Yep. So we then move to Adam again, really feeling his power so much so even the little hellhound is scared. You know, I was really shocked when that blew me away. Yeah, yeah. Is it is it in this episode where the kids all I have to look ahead in my notes where the kids run off? Yeah, 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 yeah. With the hellhound. I didn't that's really unclear to me. And maybe we can talk about it when we get to that scene, but I was like, what? Let's do because it okay. just, I thought this was the creature that was supposed to stay with him through all the evil. So I right. don't know if just maybe it came to the table all hellhoundy. Mm-hmm. But when he became a little dog and sort of, he, I think in an episode or two ago, he was like puzzled by his, he couldn't believe that this is with right. a few days before the apocalypse. We're like, that maybe he just sort of, similar well i won't get too much into adam yet but has become a bit domestic and Mm. and lost some of his hellish tendencies and maybe the horseshoe took away some of his hellhoundy ways now isn't that an interesting theory Uh (laughs) perhaps perhaps so, yeah, just really surprised about the hellhound's behavior, which I do mm-hmm. think we, mm-hmm. yes, yes, we definitely see that a little later in this episode. So we'll talk more about it then. Yeah. Those Joker-like grins that Adam forces onto the them. Oh. Scary. Yes. Scary. Agreed. Yeah. I... This is this is really the point where you're kind of thinking this kid is going to go full on. Yeah. Full on into the world. Full throttle apocalypse. Full throttle apocalypse. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're at Jasmine Cottage. Yeah, where I say, have Pulsifer and Anathema made a witch, witch hunter baby? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be funny? Maybe we find out in season two. I wonder. I wonder because there's just been this whole line of witch hunters and mm-hmm. whole line of witches. and. Yeah. Yeah. There's some other line. There's at least one other line, but I don't think I should mention it yet. <laughs> I like the look on her face when he's like, when he tells her that it was his first time. Yeah. She's like, I'd never known. <laughs> right. Right. No idea at all. <laughs> but she seemed to like the goods. So that's good. She did. Yes. I... I think I alluded to this in the last episode, but this is where Newton and Anathema have that discussion about fate, the prophecies, expectations, which I liked because Anathema is so wedded to these prophecies that she doesn't know how to act without them. Yes. And that, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe it'll come to me as I chatter here, but people who kind of subscribe to the idea that our destinies are predetermined. Mm-hmm. Deterministic. It I takes think away is. a lot of your agency, I think. Yes. Which if then, all... go ahead. Now, after having listening, listening, having listened to that literally podcast earlier today, mm-hmm. 
if you are making your plan before you come down, then everything is predestined. So where, what's with the agency? What's mm-hmm. really then the purpose if it's all predestined? I don't, it's, I don't know if we want to go that deep philosophical, spiritual metaphysics conversation right now. It's, it's an age old question. Yeah. If you, ha- if, and in science, it's like, in physics, if you have enough variables, can you predict anything that's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Right. And versus is there an element of randomness? You know, there's mm-hmm. just kind of, yeah, determinism. Yes, yes. It's it's a very thorny problem that philosophers have have wrestled with for centuries. Yeah. Yeah. But I did like that discussion. I thought he made some good points. Yes. And then we're at the bar. Yes. And Crowley, I, I like how Crowley just got caught up in Lucifer's gang, you know, <laughs> just again. But loved that Aziraphale and Crowley were reunited. And just, I... Crowley just wears his heart on his sleeve. <clears throat> right. But again, not taking any responsibility for his actions. Oh, I just got caught up. Wasn't really me. Yes. But I could not look at Aziraphale because it was oh. giving me motion sickness. And I'm like, no. Human faces are not supposed to look like that because it was, oh oh, man, it was like watching a moving cubist painting. Oh, interesting. I had no such trouble, but I know what you're talking about. I literally had to turn, close my eyes and turn away. I was like, I can't not watch that. That is making me nauseous. Wow. Wow. Wonder wonder if any of our listeners had the same feeling. I don't know, but it was, it was kind of freaking me out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Let's see. I don't Well, I was wondering in this scene. Yes. That it seems like Aziraphale misses that Crowley is talking about him when Crowley says he lost his best friend. And it made me wonder, was that Aziraphale being obtuse or was that Aziraphale being so single-minded to purpose at that moment that he missed it? Well, we have just regularly had instances of him being a little bit dim Mm -hmm. remember when oh gosh i'm gonna be sorry if this hasn't happened yet but i know we definitely talked about how shadwell had made up all of these names so that he had books and payments and he got so his his imagination was so (laughs) limited he had like major milk bottle and searcher and this mm-hmm. kind of stuff and Aziraphale says something like oh I was so sorry to hear about major milk bottle did you get the flowers like like he was totally conned into thinking there was actually a major milk bottle you know <laughs> I, that's just one example of and yeah. I don't know if it's partially trying to show so pure of heart and so innocent that Mm -hmm. he just doesn't think anybody would lie. Mm -hmm. But I think there is another level. I mean, we definitely, Crawley is the deeper thinker. Mm -hmm. There is no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. And so I just don't think Aziraphale, I think things sort of go over his head sometimes. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's very true. So I think he was just being obtuse. (laughs) Yes, I think so too. So anyways, I like the setup. You know, when they started the seance at Madame Tracy's, I'm kind of thinking, 
what's the purpose yes of throwing this seance in here but holy cow yeah we it it's becomes one of the most amazing scenes and miranda richardson excellent job blows it out the water yes i acting i in fact said quite a storm out there but one of these folks at the seance will be willing to let Aziraphale possess them. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> so I I knew immediately the device this seance was going to <laughs> serve. Well, I was being the obtuse one there because <laughs> it never entered my mind. Why are we having the seance suddenly? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it wasn't until, you know, Madam Tracy's possessed. I was like, oh yeah, of course. But we kind of skipped the diner scene. Yes, let's go back to the diner scene. The horsemen are gathering at a cafe. And I wondered, it was funny, she, I didn't analyze the order too carefully, but I wondered who the cheese sandwich was for. You know, she said the teas and then she got a cheese sandwich. This is war up Mm -hmm. at the counter Mm -hmm. and just kind of funny that she was ordering for the four of them. Maybe it was for famine. Could be. Could be. Did you notice that when famine walked in, like some trash was coming in with her? You mean pollution? Thank you. Yes. Yes, I, I do mean pollution. <laughs> I did notice that. Yes. Yes. What? Yeah, I love the no, four horsemen. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just love the four horsemen. I just mm-hmm. really love how they've done that. That's all I wanted to say. But and I was trying to pay really close attention, right? Because War had a red motorcycle, Famine had a black motorcycle, mm-hmm. but. Pollution didn't have a white motorcycle. That surprised me. Okay, so it wasn't just me. No, it wasn't just you. I was really looking for that. That We definitely see she is completely dressed in white with the Mm -hmm. white hair and very Mm -hmm. pale. Mm -hmm. But really, the horsemen, it's the horses that are supposed to have the colors. But anyway, taking some liberties here, which is fine. Well, they've been doing such a great job in connecting the horsemen to colors with their clothing and their hair and then particularly the names salmon the names right we never get the name of pollution i don't think i have it nowhere in my notes yeah so it was it was really a surprise to me and then i couldn't tell if death's motorcycle was green yes and it definitely had like bones on it didn't it yes 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 And I don't know if I ever talked about this on the podcast, but after our original discussion about the colors, I Mm -hmm. did a little more looking into the green of death. And you had been talking about how it's often a pale horse and that kind of stuff. And Uh what I determined is that green can be kind of like the ghostly green or the sickly green of a of a corpse so a real palish green so it's not necessarily like christmas tree green now in some depictions the green (laughs) is really green and in fact in the opening credits of this of this show there there they do have the four horses and the green one is rather green Mm -hmm. but it wouldn't have to be. 
it wouldn't have to be super green. A palish green, mm-hmm. and maybe even you can barely tell that it's green, mm-hmm. is also possible. But well, I didn't they see were just any to, green. Oh, yeah. Maybe they were just trying to death. give a nod to the fact that, you know, we know in some lore it's the green horse, in some lore it's the pale horse. So. Right. And they just definitely went with typical black robes with right. a scythe, you right. know, death right. representation, which right. that totally works. Yes. No mistaking death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No mistaking yeah. death. And clearly death is in charge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. I did think it was an interesting choice to have a meetup in a diner. It was just why not in a clearing somewhere or at a crossroads would have been interesting. Yeah. And sort of also love the, what, we've only got to go a hundred miles. I thought, I thought it was going to be farther somehow, <laughs> you know, just kind of subverting a little bit of the potential scope. I don't know. It, and that they're, that, that the showdown's going in Tadfield instead of Megalodon or whatever, <laughs> Megiddo. Megiddo. <laughs> I, I sure knew it wasn't Megalodon, but I was trying to get there. <laughs> Megalodon isn't, I think that's, uh, oh, it's a gigantic shark. Okay. Oh, yes. You and your mega sharks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, anyway, just, yes, very interesting. They're meeting up at the cafe. Yes. But then we're back to Madame Tracy's pretty quickly. Yes. Oh, uh, just... Colleen O'Leary is the spirit guide. <laughs> what a scene. Yes. And I thought they did such a great job. Of course, overblown, you know, uh, Miranda Richardson's acting is very big in this scene. Yes. But they did a really good job of making the lip sync work. Yes. That couldn't have been easy. No, no. I wonder how long it took him to get it just that right. Mm-hmm. But ah, so amazing. And I liked, you know, she's really kind of out of control, right? She's having a hard time controlling her body. And I'm pretty sure that's because Aziraphale's never possessed anybody before. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't yes. know what he's doing. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, she did fantastic in that scene. I mean, just the yes. whole time she's possessed by Aziraphale. Agreed. She really did. That that just could not have been easy and even though she wasn't imitating his voice definitely his bearing expressions all of the other things that mm-hmm. make Aziraphale Aziraphale she yes. she did a great job with yes and I love that they make a cup of tea <laughs> it's so British <laughs> the solution to every problem we're not that far from Armageddon but let's have a cup of tea <laughs> <laughs> yes one hour and 43 minutes till the end of the world but who's counting yes and we have yet another queen song <laughs> oh my gosh this one's another one bites the dust right yes oh my gosh love that Crawley is stuck in the traffic jam of the m25 which the m25 sign is in the intro yeah, I did notice that. Got that one. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. he made it as, I, I didn't write it down, but it's like a an evil symbol or something. Yes. The M25. I did write it down. It started with the, the Odegra, the, 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 the Dread Sigil 
Odegra or something like that. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it, but supposedly yeah. it's in the language of ancient Mu. Okay. <laughs> Do you know about Mu? No. So Mu, M-U, is the... And is it is it Mu or is it Mu, like the Greek letter? Well, either one. I like just like to say Mu. <laughs> Mu sounds like I think like it is Mu. I think it's Mu, but Mu is more fun to say. It is it's, more fun. <clears throat> it's the Pacific equivalent to Atlantis. Oh. Sometimes I it's called Lemuria. with this. Yeah, sometimes it's called Lemuria. Okay, that I may have heard of. Okay, but a lot of people just refer to it as, I'll say mu instead of mu. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's the Greek letter, it is. But if it's not, it could be mu. <laughs> I thought that was a, a, a nice little shout out. Nice. And I could not help thinking, I don't know if, if you'll be familiar with this reference at all. And I want to preface it by saying I've never seen this person in a movie. I just know him from is there such a thing as like underground pop culture <laughs> I don't know. okay i'm intrigued <laughs> but i thought that crowley in this scene looked like john holmes who's like a 1970s porn star unfamiliar even just in general he looks like a 1970s porn star okay that's fair with the hair and the glasses and the mustache and it took me a while I was like I know who's the guy's name who's the guy's name it took me a while to recall it and I'm like oh that's right John Holmes so but and again I do want to stress I've never actually seen any John Holmes movies hey no judgment over here any 1970s porn it's just kind of that underground pop culture you know how you kind of pick up stuff in pop culture that you're not I've never watched it or anything like that or read it. Sure, sure. You just kind of pick up stuff, so. Definitely. <laughs> Not that I'm a prude. Yeah, I, <laughs> listen, you are you are saying all the words here. <laughs> I have given <laughs> Oh, but, my goodness. And I love it when, you know, they're at the end of it, Crowley's like, can I hear a wahoo? <laughs> you know, this poor guy, he just does not get any credit for these <laughs> hijinks he gets up to. <laughs> oh. And who would have, and he does these things that come back to bite him in the ass, right? He shuts down the cell phones. The cell phones. He creates mm-hmm. the uh the dreaded demon sigil m burning yes but he perseveres he does he does (laughs) my next note is shadwell will see lucy possessed boy i really renamed tracy lucy you did (laughs) shadwell will see tracy possessed and she's taking all of this very well she does take it really well she's having a conversation with herself basically Mm -hmm. Which was quite amusing. And this is where, you know, when Shadwell hears the two sides of the conversation and so forth and gets into it with Azarafel. And Azarafel's not just a Southern Pansy sergeant, the Southern Pansy. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I think I do have that name, but I sort of wrote it 
too fast. Did you say something like hail or howl, the great beast devourer of worlds? I did write down hail the great, I didn't say it, but I have it written down with my dread sigil, Odegras. Oh, okay. I didn't write the sigil. I just wrote the quote, hail the great beast devourer of worlds. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Crowley made the ring of fire. Now he's stuck in it. And of course, I had to start singing Johnny Cash in my head. That ring of fire. Ring of fire. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Just like Johnny Cash. Of course. Still the best, Johnny Cash. Oh, absolutely. Oh, why do I have who typed another one bites the dust? I have she typed another one bites the dust. Is somebody typing? The insurance lady. That so could remember, be it. yeah, remember. I mean, they go to Tadfield after Madame Tracy's, and, and there we get the "Hail the Great Beast, Devourer of Worlds" thing again. Mm-hmm. And we see cars blowing up on the M25. See the Ring of Fire. Yep. And we're back to Crowley's, where his telephone is ringing, and of course the answering machine picks up. So we've got Haster back. But yes. I think, and that was actually going to be my trivia question. Did you remember the name of the insurance lady? Oh, shoot. No, I don't. I just know that she typed another one bites the dust. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lisa. Okay. Okay. Which always reminds me of, do you know who Polly Shore is? Yeah. So back in the 80s or really late 80s, because I think I was dating JG at the time. Mm-hmm. And Polly Shore had this line. He's like, if you're in any crowd anywhere, you yell Lisa. It's like at least a half a dozen girls will turn their head or something <sighs> oh, to that effect. I'm sure really kind of paraphrasing that. But sure. I remember after he said that we were at a concert I, and surprise, surprise, I was a little bit inebriated at this concert mm-hmm. and it was in between the opening act and the main act. And we were talking about that Polly Shore line so I just like yelled out, hey, Lisa. And yeah. all these girls turned their head. It was so funny. Perfect. But but anyway, so that was my trivia question. <laughs> okay. So Lisa is the, the insurance, insurance agent. agent. I think I would have been spewing vomit if maggots started. Oh, my God. I mean, that, that was horrific. Yeah, that, that was, was so disgusting. Yeah. And they were just everywhere. And they just killed everybody there. And I have a problem with that. Because maggots only eat dead flesh. Exactly. Because in fact, were you the one that told me that maggots, they're medicinal grade maggots because Mm -hmm. they more effectively get rid of dead flesh than any sort of technique that a surgeon can do? Yes. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yep. But I still don't need them coming out of my headset or all over me, even if they're going to leave my flesh alone. (laughs) Well, maybe there's a special species of hell maggots. Right. We can never rule we can never rule that out. Yes, yes. Yeah, that was gross. All she was doing was her telemarketing job. (sighs) Which which hails back to my own telemarketing job, which was horrible. Oh yeah. I did that for one night and I was like, no, I'm not I'm not coming back to this job. (laughs) Oh jeez. Worst job ever. I agree. So has so Haster has joined Crawley. Now this bothered me because I felt like Haster and Crawley could just fly over the fire. I mm-hmm. felt like the fire wouldn't 
bother Hasser and Crawley. I mean, just none of this stuff made sense to me. Yeah, there's some conflicting things. And I, I don't want to jump. If I say something, it might ruin something for the last episode. So, okay. But I think there's this a little bit of conflicting stuff going on. Because when you think about the hell they've shown, there's nothing hot about it, right? It's very well, cold. It's true. Industrial looking hell. It's true. It's true. So then maybe they don't want to go through the fire. Well, that's fair. But, I mean, Haster did kind of apparate in, didn't he? <laughs> he sure did. You'd think he could just apparate right out again. But maybe Crowley didn't want to leave this car. Yeah, well, he does love that car. He does love that car. Now, did you hear when I think it was the two policemen said they had called or they were waiting for the boffin or they'd called the boffin? Yes. Did you know what a boffin was? I did not. I had to go look that up later. But you did look it up? I did. Did you? I did too. The definition I found was a person engaged in scientific or technical research. Yeah. So that makes sense. Kind of a repairman type person. Yeah, they were waiting for the scientists to show up. (laughs) I was just, I was, I was unfamiliar with that word boffin. I wonder if that's a real Britishism. I think that's got to be British slang. Yeah. I think the Brits and the Australians win the prizes for slang. No doubt. (laughs) Easily. Yeah. I was Here's trying to where, figure out oh. why Crowley, I keep going back between and saying Crowley and Crowley, which is probably driving yeah. me crazy, me but too. that's the way it is. I was trying to figure out why he didn't like the 14th century. Is that part of what's considered the Dark Ages? It's it's the late part of the uh, the Middle Ages, yeah. Okay. A medieval, it's the late part of the middle, medieval period. So I looked up what was going on in England in the 14th century oh fantastic and there's a great famine oh which no fun. like well he shouldn't care about that the black death of course there's Plus a peasant's something. revolt in 1381 okay and it's when we see the beginning of something that historians have named bastard feudalism hmm. which is a term i'd never heard of before no And that refers to middle-ranking figures who provided the king or the monarchy with political support, financial support, military support, that kind of stuff in return for money or influence or some kind of office. And it marked a time where the gentry began to feel more beholden to their local nobility than the king ah but still i was like well i wouldn't crowley like any of that stuff he's a demon well well, kind of what i'm wondering though this feels more a xerophil is if crowley found a lack of knowledge a lack of the arts a lack of progress Mm. if if he found it sort of a boring time in human history that wasn't as enjoyable as the roman time the renaissance you know right, uh, right. that that was that was what had struck me but uh, obviously i didn't do any more research just knowing it was before the 1600s i was kind of like oh yeah maybe that was sort of the sort of part of the dark ages that makes sense because it, it's prior to the Renaissance, which starts right in the 1400s. 
Okay. So maybe you're right. I think you might be on the right track there. But I also loved, again, another Queen song, I'm in Love With My Car. Oh, yes. Written by the drummer of Queen, actually. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. This is when I've written Crowley is giving off real Ghost Rider vibes. Yes, for car. sure. <laughs> for sure. And what we also have here, I mean, I've I've beaten beaten this drum over and over about how I feel like Crowley is a real thinker mm-hmm. and introspective, mm-hmm. but also having a real imagination. Isn't that how they kind of credited his quote unquote survival was he just believed he was <laughs> yeah. he was fine yeah, and I that did. the car yeah. was fine. Yeah. And I, I wrote down Crowley's saved by his imagination. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And now, you know, as you were just speaking, and we had, of course, just talked about the medieval period and then the Renaissance, or at least mm-hmm. briefly mentioned it. Crowley does seem like the dangerous character associated with the new kinds of thinking and questioning that start with the Renaissance period. Oh, for sure. Asking why. Right. And, you know, during the Renaissance, people like Galileo were threatened by the church mm-hmm. because of these radical ideas and, you know, that were against. Yeah. And eventually, you know, Martin Luther is excommunicated because he questions some of the church's practices and religious dogma. Yeah. And these sort of. Yeah. We it's got to be the center of the universe. These kinds of things, the the celestial spheres and, yeah. and church dogma versus scientific thought. Right. Well, Crowley's kind of representing that. Yes. Cool. And it. it we do definitely have so there's there's Crawley and then Aster, he just seems evil, right? Mm-hmm. This isn't an introspective, thoughtful mm-hmm. questioner. Mm-hmm. This is just an evil, sadistic demon. Mm-hmm. So we we're not being presented that all of hell is full of these thoughtful introspective though they they got they got mozart bach and (laughs) all these amazing (laughs) musical geniuses but we're not supposed to be thinking that hell is really the the place to be well if you think about it the demons themselves are fallen angels that followed lucifer so they're gonna have i would say the majority of them are gonna have those characteristics of Aziraphale, right? Trying to be obedient to Lucifer without questioning the plan or anything like that. I mean, they're just as, they're like Gabriel and Michael and Sandalphon and Uriel. Yep. Obediently following the plan. They're just got to more Following the other guy. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Very good point, which again, shows us the exceptional nature of Crowley. Yes. Yes. He doesn't really fit. He does not fit following either dogma, following either either ruler blindly. Right, right. Maybe he's one of these bastardy type guys you were talking about. <laughs> 14th, 14th century. <laughs> or a local, local man <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. than following the gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. But then, uh, then we're in Tadfield again. 
And this yes. is the scene where Dog actually leaves the Antichrist. And I I don't get it. I just don't. I, I, I have right here. I thought the hellhound would stay by him through everything. I, right. I thought the hellhound was his unquestioning servant through. And it's not like you'd maybe think dog would turn away if adam started doing something good right 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 but here adam seems to be really embracing his evil side and dog is terrified right right so i think maybe we needed a little bit more about dog's character development throughout the series (laughs) we have had enough to get him from the truly evil great dane hellhound we get a little bit in the scene with the cat And then suddenly he's all a good dog. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. He's a very good boy. Runs away with the, with the them. Yes. And again, I just can only go back to that bit when we have a little bit of his, we have his first introspection where he's like, okay, I'm going to destroy the cat. And I'm, you know, Mm -hmm. so we have that initial hellhound feel, but then Mm -hmm. a little bit later, there's the dog was puzzled to to see Mm -hmm. how these these days were unfolding that Mm -hmm. it it wasn't all fire and brimstone and i mean how to be in such a cute little dog body that's got to the goodness has got to rub off right because everyone loves a terrier (laughs) yes and maybe it even started going awry from the very beginning right because Mm -hmm. dog before he was named Mm -hmm. was horrifying yeah right these nasty teeth ripped Mm -hmm. somebody in hell to shreds Mm -hmm. and as soon as adam named him he's like i don't want a big dog and the dog kind of cocked its head like what you want me you want me powerful and and that wasn't what adam wanted and I have to wonder if, right, he wasn't raised by the right family. He was supposed to be raised by the American diplomat. And so did some of his upbringing. Well, clearly, Adam doesn't shake down to be all (laughs) he's cracked up to be. But maybe that is the reason Dog doesn't either, because Adam is not exactly as planned because he wasn't fostered by the right family Mm, could be because you know those those darn americans yeah those americans are nothing but that's the perfect family to raise (laughs) the (laughs) antichrist to raise the antichrist yeah that's some delightful little polite family in tech yes you know when we hear the voices whispering to adam and they're like let them go you have the world you have the power you have the glory I started yes. thinking of the song from Jesus Christ Superstar. Yes. You have the power and the glory. Wow, you're really taking me back. <laughs> so, yes. So, everybody's abandoning Adam. Mm-hmm. And again, <laughs> not surprising the kids did after how they felt, but just very surprising about Dog. Right. And just apparently it is just tough being the Antichrist. <laughs> oh, then my next my next line is, did Adam yell out his evil? Did he yell out his evil? Doesn't he yell and then after that he's much more peaceful? Well, I, I know what you're talking about because he okay. kind of flies up into the air. Mm-hmm. 
and he's starting to have all those kind of flashbacks mm-hmm. and I, yeah I don't I guess or maybe it was dog's kiss oh also <laughs> possible because he kind of he it kind of licked. falls down right and they're like oh what happened right and it's sort of after but you're right maybe maybe it is dog's influence or his friend's concern combination of it all maybe he didn't yell it out (laughs) (laughs) we did skip though i have to say one of my favorite lines in this episode is from pepper (gasps) and you know adam is accusing them of stealing his dog and pepper's like he's his own dog love that (laughs) love pepper period yeah she's a great character she just lays down truth time after time she and does. isn't afraid to speak her mind. Yes. Love Pepper. And as we Love eventually learn, her mama's raising her right. <laughs> yes, exactly. She's great. She's great. So the old airport, the American base. Mm-hmm. And did you see Shadwell and <laughs> once again, I've written Lucy, Shadwell <laughs> and Tracy a.k.a. Aziraphale, possessed mm-hmm. Tracy, mm-hmm. on the motorbike. Yes, and I did see that in the opening credits. Yes, yes, very good. And the four horsemen are lost. <laughs> <laughs> you just wouldn't think that'd be possible. Correct, correct. I I was going to, oh, that's right. I was going to change my trivia question to something from the scene at the airbase, but... Oh, I wonder if it's the question I was thinking about asking you. Well, what were you going to ask me? Okay. There's at the gate, the guard is reading. Yep. Either what is the name of the book or who's the author? It is the exact question I was going to ask you. (laughs) American Gods by Neil Gaiman. (laughs) Which is awesome. Let's just remind our (laughs) listeners that he is the author of Good Omens. Yes. Yes. The teleplays, the book with Terry Pratchett. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, it, it was a great times. question. Oh, I did too. I, I got the author pretty right. quickly, but right. I actually had to bring up a list of his books to sort of like match the words I saw. I maybe kind of could piece through American, but couldn't quite see gods or something uh, like that. Well, the minute I, I did, once I saw American, I knew what it was. Mm. I haven't read it, but I think they made a television show out of it. Oh, if I'm, no, I was unfamiliar. I'm, I think so, but I couldn't watch it. Mm. I was just like, Ew, that's disturbing me way too much. I cannot watch it. Okay. If it's the show I'm thinking of. Okay. I don't know. I do. So everyone, down, go ahead. Uh, I do have written down, WTF kind of car is that, that Newton is driving. It's like a <sighs> motorized tricycle. Is this, huh? The Dick Turpin remembering. car. Oh, the Dick Turpin car. Right. Right. It, does it only have three wheels? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, then that, I didn't quite understand when Anathema is preparing, she knows the injured motorist is going to appear. And the prophecy says something like three wheels upside down. And I was like, what did one of the wheels of the car fall off? But if Dick Turpin only has three wheels, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Okay. I didn't, I didn't catch that before. So thanks for seeing that. Oh, that is a weird either. car. That's a weird car. 
I don't think I've ever seen a big tricycle car like that. And the Dick Turpin mystery continues at this it point. Does. It does. Aye. And then, then we have another set of four riders, these riders on bikes. Four horsemen are at the base. Yes. And the four horsemen, they seem to have to leave their bikes behind, but then later they have their motorbikes back somehow. So I'm not sure how that happens. (laughs) Yeah. I liked how their motorbikes or their motorcycles transformed into a government black SUV. (laughs) Oh, exactly. Exactly. I thought they were leaving it behind, but mm-hmm. yeah, minutes to the end of the world. And it was interesting. That was not Brian Cox in the car, in the black car. The other three, you know, right. Brian, Brian Cox is voicing death and we haven't seen death's face, but hmm. he doesn't reveal his Brian Cox face in oh, the yeah. government vehicle. Yeah. Some other rando. <laughs> oh, I didn't even really notice that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Maybe they never had Brian Cox on site. They just used his voice. Well, it could be, but it could also be that death never reveals his true face. Could be. I don't know. Could well be. It's a hypothesis. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what the village watch guy has against these kids. Oh my gosh, he's terrible. Well, he kind of has it out for everybody. Yeah. He's kind of a, he's just kind of a, he's a busybody jerk face. I don't like him at all. <laughs> He's a BBG or JF. Wow. Yes, exactly. <laughs> We're 31 minutes to the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And what I say is these four horsemen are real computer geniuses. They sure are. Then I then I do say Pulsifer can probably shut it all down. <laughs> yeah, it was it. clear where that was going. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No big surprise. And yet another Queen song. <laughs> Which one was this? I didn't write this down. We will rock you, but it wasn't like Queen was singing it. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yes. I don't know who the musicians were doing it, but it was a very, very different version of We Will Rock You. Interesting. Yeah. And Crowley shows up in the Flaming Bentley. So it's going to be a nuclear holocaust. I loved the little sign about the Russian sub. Because even with my very rudimentary Russian, Mm -hmm. I had figured out atomic and I knew Severnaya Atlantica was Northern Atlantic. And I guessed that Podvodnaya Lodka had to be submarine. They then showed the English, of course. (laughs) And the the name of the submarine is Firebird, and I saw that in the Russian, Jar Ptitsa. And though I'm not sure I would have remembered Jar was fire, I definitely remembered that Ptitsa was bird. <laughs> Very good. Good for you. So I had some I had some fun with the little Russian bit we got there. <laughs> I think I jumped back a little bit because oh, the horsemen are just looking worse and worse. And R.P. Tyler is just getting asked for lots of directions. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, then I have I have 17 minutes to the end of the world. Crawley's car will need repairs. And then I say, <laughs> anyone who is anyone is showing up for the end of the world. <laughs> Did you think Crowley's eyes were getting bigger in this? Mm. They seemed super big in this episode. Or at least by the time he gets to the airbase. 
you know, this is a good question. I definitely, I, I can't say that I noticed that. I feel like I noticed a very crazed expression on his face, but mm-hmm. that may have been the mm-hmm. big eyes. That may be, yeah. I loved how he called him army human. Army human. <laughs> I highlighted that too. It was almost, it was almost like a Gabriel mistake, like not using the vernacular, right? right but right. It, at the end of the world, what's the point of standing on ceremony? <laughs> a lot has gone down here. Yeah, because Adam is there and time oh. is over. <laughs> yeah. As Death Adam. says. <laughs> yeah. Adam is quite powerful. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. It is kind of scary to think about a kid having that much power without having the cognitive development to go along with it. (laughs) It is terrifying to think of any human being with such power. It is. That is for sure. Because we just can't, we just can't handle it. Yeah. Over and over and over again, history has shown us that, you know, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. 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 We'll we'll leave it at that. (laughs) We'll leave it at that. Good episode. Great episode. The penultimate. Yep. Excellent. uh, Excellent setup for our final episode that I Mm -hmm. can't wait to talk about. Mm -hmm. So yes, great one. All right. Well, then I guess uh, we just got to say goodbye to the good people. Thanks for listening. Wallowing in the Shallows is created and produced by the both of us. Edited by Mo. Wallowing in the Shallows Good Omen Season 1 Rewatch soundtrack is Waltz Number no. 2 from the Jazz Suite Number no. 2 by Dmitry Shostakovich on archive.org. You can send us feedback at witstvpod at gmail.com. That's W-I-T-S-T-V-P-O-D at gmail.com. Subscribe. And then subscribe. And then subscribe. Subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Like and subscribe.